Hi guys, and welcome back to the Mystery and Comedy Old Time Radio Podcast. Please welcome to the show tonight to tickle our funny bones. The famous Hollywood couple next to the Nelsons is Mr. Phil Harris and Miss Alice Bay. In this first episode, we see the Phil and Harris are at home one day when their daughter's favorite toy got accidentally run over by Miss Faye. She tries to tell her husband what happened and how to break the news to his daughter gently without hurting her feelings too bad. So as they go on through the episode, baby Alice picks up what her father and mother are trying to tell her. And then as they're going to sleep, their father tells them a funny story about Jack and the Beanstalk. And then Alice sings to their daughters a lullaby so they can go to sleep. And in the second episode, we see Phil and Alice talking about the girls having a tutor. But unfortunately for Mr. Harris, he doesn't want the girls to have a tutor because that's going to be extra money coming out. And later on the episode, they end up warming up to the idea and they both agree that the girls need to have a tutor the first episode is the pilot episode and then the second episode is called the girls need a tutor i hope you guys enjoy miss alice Faye and mr phil harris in the phil harris and alice Faye show if you like the show please comment and subscribe guys and please Stay tuned after the program to hear Miss Alice Faye sing a couple of her famous songs. And enjoy the show, guys. Thanks. The Fitz Bandwagon. F.W. Fitch Company, makers of those fine Fitch products, present the Fitch Bandwagon, starring Phil Harris and Alice Faye. <laughs> Do you want an effective way of solving your dandruff problem, a way that's simple and easy, too? 
Well, what way could be easier than shampooing your dandruff away with Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo? As for effectiveness, we poo-poo made whose guarantee to remove dandruff is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. All you have to do is apply Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo directly to your hair and scalp before wetting the hair. It is important to remember to apply Fitch's before adding water to the hair because this gives its solvent action full opportunity to dissolve dandruff. After massaging your scalp for a few moments, add water. Handfuls of fluffy lather will form to cleanse the hair and scalp and carry away the dissolved dandruff flakes. Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo has been granted the Good Housekeeping Seal and the Parents Magazine Commendation Seal. Use it regularly for immaculately clean, dandruff-free hair. Remember to ask for Fitch, F-I-T-C-H, Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. The bandwagon brings you Alice Fay and Phil Harris. Hey, Edwin, here he comes. Where? Right there, coming out of the Jack Benny show. Ah, oh, that ain't him. Yeah, it must be. He's wearing two polo coats. Nah, it ain't him. Let's ask them, hey. Yeah, I don't want to ask them. You ask them. Nah, you ask them. I already asked them, Lon Chaney Jr. Okay. Hiya, Jackson. Are you Phil Harris? Well, who do I look like with these golden curls, Guy Lombardo? Hey, Red, he made a funny. Yeah, you never mind that, Oidwin. Go ahead, ask him. What a delightful character. Up till now, I never knew theme song had a brother. Can we have your autograph? Can you have my autograph? Well, now, kid, you're living. You're getting smart. You'll be out of here in a few days. <laughs> you're talking like a guy in a one-piece suit now. <laughs> yeah, you can have my autograph. Now, let me see, um... Phil Harris. There you are. You see, Red, it's like I told you. He can't too write. Yeah. <laughs> sure, but he'd have never made it if you hadn't guided his hand. Oh. Hello, Mr. Harris. Hiya, Dick. You got my car ready? Yes, sir. Right over here with the motor running. Thanks, kid. Here. Buy yourself a great big box of Snickers. Gee, Thanks. Oh, uh, say, Mr. Harris, I've noticed you're always in such a hurry every Sunday. How come you're so anxious to get home? How old are you, kid? Fourteen? Why? I think it's time you had a nice long talk with your father. Huh? Never mind. See you next Sunday. So long, Richard. There he goes, Red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So long, Irwin. Gee, he's a swell guy, ain't he, Red? Uh, I think he's a muzzler. What do you mean? He's all right. And boy, does he drive a snappy-looking car. Uh, so would you if you had Alice Faye's money. <laughs> hey, uh... 
You going out towards the valley, Pops? Yes, I sure am, son. Well, then I'll give you a lift. Hop oh, in. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> kind of hot for hitchhiking, ain't it, Pops? You ain't saying nothing wrong, son. But I sure love California. You local boy, son? No, I'm I'm from out of state. Mm. Come here looking for work, huh? Well, you might say that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice car you got here for a berry picker. <laughs> no, Pops. Uh, I'm more of a, an olive picker. Oh, from Fresno. No, from Martinis. Say, <laughs> <laughs> you, you snuck up on my blind side with that one, son. <laughs> Martinis. Uh, hey, uh, how far out you going, Pops? Oh, uh, Bakersfield. Oh. Got a job up there? Nope. Going up to see your family? Nope. Then why are you going to Bakersfield? Got a gal up there. (laughs) (laughs) You, Pops, I didn't know there was that much Wheaties in the world. Oh, yes, yes. I I go up to see her every month. Used to go up every week. Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, sir. Sort of got out of the habit during gas rationing. Well, uh, yeah. Let me ask you something, Pop. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, this girl of yours, uh, how she feel about marriage? Oh, she's all for it. Well, that's fine. Yep. So's your husband. <laughs> you sure get around, Dad. Yeah, they don't call me Speedy for nothing. <laughs> oh, sure. Say, uh, what do you say you do for a living, son? Oh, I do a little radio singing now and then, you know, sing on the radio. Oh, you do? Huh? Yeah. You ever listen to the radio? Once in a while. Well, then let's turn it on. Let's have a little music then. That's huh? a good idea, son. You ain't uh, one of them sons of the pioneers, be you? <laughs> no, no, Pops. Uh, I couldn't quite make that group. You see, I lean more toward the, uh, well, you know, toward, uh, well, more like stuff that they're playing right now. Folks are dumb where I come from. They ain't had any learning. Still, they're happy as can be. Doing what comes naturally. Doing what comes naturally. Folks like us could never fuss with schools and books and learning. Still, we've gone from A to Z. Doing what comes naturally. Doing what comes naturally You don't have to know how to read or write When you're out with a girl in the pale moonlight You don't have to come from a great big town Just to go picking berries in an evening gown That comes naturally Ooh, so naturally My uncle out in Texas Can't even write his name He signs his check with X's But they cash them just the same Uncle Ben got angry when they caught him stealing chicken. I'm within my rights, said he, doing what comes naturally. You don't have to go to a private school Not to pick up a penny near a stubborn mule You don't have to have a professor's dome Not to go for the honey when the bee's at home That comes naturally uh, Hey, son, oh, son, so just natural. a minute, Jenny boy, oh, hey Okay, Pop, just a second uh, Excuse me, son, you can let me off here 
I turn right at this next corner. Well, it'll be a pleasure, Pops. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for the lift, son. Well, you're perfectly welcome, but... Well, wait a minute. You, uh, you didn't tell me how you liked my song. You uh, say you make your living singing like that? That's right. Well, then, I, I got a piece of advice for you. Advice? What is it? Son, save your money. So long. So long, Speedy. <laughs> How do you like that Civil War wise card? Just for that, I hope that the next ride he gets is on a motorcycle. Oh, well, I like it. Grandpa Dick was always sick, but never saw a doctor. He just died at 93, doing what comes naturally. No, it's your husband. <laughs> Come on over here, Amber, you beautiful thing, and give me a great big kiss. Oh, honey. Oh, what's the matter? You ain't given. I should have gone on to Bakersfield. What? Let it go. You're too beautiful to quibble with, you luscious creature, you. Mm. Hey, I can smell that dinner cooking, and honey, I'm really hungry. Well, we'll be eating in a minute. Come on in the living room. Living room? Mm-hmm. I want you to hear something on the radio. All right, honey, but let's eat. I'm starved. Hey, that's that number from Annie Get Your Gun. Yes, yes, that's the one we like so much. I wanted you to hear it. Well, all right, then lay it on me. Well, I will. They say that falling in love is wonderful It's wonderful So they say And with a moon up above It's wonderful It's wonderful So they tell me I can't recall who said it. I know I never read it. I only know they tell me that love is grand. And the thing that's known as romance is wonderful, wonderful. In every way, so they say. You know something, honey? That Berlin's got a great future. I love that boy. But let's get into the food, huh? Well, how do you like that? When you met me, I was singing a Berlin tune. You didn't think about food then. Yeah, but you ain't working so long. I'm starving. <laughs> well, I am. I can't help it. Well, I worked hard this afternoon. Well, I know it. But... 
the thing that's known as romance is wonderful, wonderful. And they fall down for Sinatra. <laughs> In every way, so they say. Ah, oh, honey. Gee whiz, you're my girl. <laughs> you know, I could listen to you sing all night. I don't care enough, I never eat. Now, Phil, before I see about dinner, let's get serious for a moment. You know, something awful happened today. What? You know that favorite doll of baby Alice's? Hildegard? Yeah. Mm-hmm, that's the one. Well, when I backed the car out of the garage this morning, it was lying in the driveway and I, I ran over it. Oh, honey, that's murder. That's murder. Well, she's nuts about that doll. I know. I feel awful about it, and I, I haven't the heart to tell her. Gee, if it wasn't Sunday, I'd run out and get her another one just like it, but now we're kind of in the spot. I know. And she'll never go to bed without it. Well, I guess one of us is going to have to tell her. Oh, gee, I, I hate to do it. Well, don't worry too much about it, honey. I'll break it to her easy, you know. Use a little childish psychology. <laughs> Hello, baby Alice. Hello, Daddy. How's my big girl today? Fine. What are you doing out here? Making mud pies. Uh-huh. Well, look, honey. Daddy's got something that he really ought to tell you. Yes, Daddy. Well, it's, um... It's, uh... Yes? Well, look, don't ever eat none of them mud pies. It might poison you. Is that all you wanted to tell me, Daddy? No, honey, it's something else. Look, baby, everybody in the world, grown-ups and, and little girls, too, has something that he loves very much. And then when someone comes along and takes it away from us, well, we feel pretty bad. Do you understand what I mean? Oh, yes. Like when Mr. Benny cuts out all your lines. Look, honey, that's just some of your mama's propaganda. You've been listening to your mother again. That's what you've been doing. That's not it at all. I'm talking about you. Me? Yes. Uh, well, you and Hildegard. What about Hildegard? Honey, Hildegard's sick. Sick? What's wrong with her, Daddy? Well, she's a little run down. <laughs> Does she have the measles? No, not the measles. It's more of a case of curvature of the driveway. Where's Hildegard now? They had to take her to the hospital. Oh, when Hildegard comes home, will she bring another little dolly with her? No. No, honey, I, I, I don't think so. But when Mommy goes to the hospital, she always... That's not the same thing! <laughs> Daddy, why don't we call up the hospital and see how she is? Well, I'd like to call up the hospital, honey, but I don't want to disturb her because, well, she is so sick, they say they might have to perform an appendectomy. Appendectomy? You know, take out her tonsils. (laughs) 
Phil, did you talk to baby Alice? Yes, honey, I had a talk with her. How did she take the bad news? Well, I started to tell her that Hildegard had been run over, but... Oh, honey, I just couldn't do it. What did you tell her? I don't know. One thing led to another, and now she thinks her dolly's sick in a hospital. Oh, Phil, you shouldn't have made up a story like that. I know. Every time I get in a thing like this, I always open my big, fat mouth and then louse it up. Then why do you keep doing it? Who knows? It must be the Molotov in me. (laughs) Well, how do we stand now? We don't stand so good. Now she wants to phone the hospital and find out how her dolly is. Oh, fine. And uh, just uh, how do you plan to do that? Well, I got a little plan. I don't know, but I, I thought that... Well, I thought that maybe if you went upstairs on the other extension and pretended that you were a nurse, well, we might get away with it. All right, let's try it, but honestly, I don't think much of the idea. Now, don't slough it off, honey. This is the biggest part you've had since Fallen Angel. Yes, my little lady, right this minute. I'm going to get him on the phone. Hello, operator. Would you get me the general hospital? Hello, general hospital. Do you have a patient there named Hildegard? Oh, you do, nurse? Well, I want you to talk to a little girl here and give her a full report on the patient. You will? Oh, fine. Here, baby Alice, now you talk to the nurse. Hello. Hello, general hospital. Nurse Brandon speaking. Oh, hello, Mommy. What are you doing on the other extension? Oh, Harris, you liver-lip bungler, you. How about your coffee? Shall we have it here or in the living room? No coffee for me, honey. I'm too full. That was a big dinner. Did you really enjoy it? Enjoy it? Man, that meal tasted better than the second course of that's what I like about the South. <laughs> Turn of greens and all. Hey, where are the kids? Well, it's about their bedtime. Sissy's upstairs getting them undressed. You know something? I've been so busy with baby Alice, I hardly got a chance to talk to Phyllis. What's that little rascal been up to today? Oh, she was helping Luigi in the garden. She just discovered how to turn on the sprinklers. Hey, that's pretty cute. Luigi didn't think so. He was cutting the grass at the time. Well, a little water wouldn't hurt that guy anyway. Oh, uh, honey, by the way, I meant to speak to you about Phyllis. I don't think she should watch you shave in the morning. Why not? Well, because today I found her copying you. She didn't get my razor, did she? No, no, but I caught her looking at herself in the bathroom mirror and saying, Handsome brute. Oh, handsome brute. <laughs> So what? She's a cute kid, too. <laughs> well, honey, look at the time. we better get upstairs and say goodnight to the babies. All right, we'll go up and say goodnight to them, but here's where the trouble starts again. You know that baby Alice never goes to sleep without that doll. Well, best thing is to try and get her mind off it. Get her to think about something else, huh? Think about something yeah. else? Okay, I'll try, but that ain't going to be easy. That's like asking Tommy Manville to concentrate on one thing. <laughs> How are my little girls? 
All ready for bed, baby? Yes, Mommy. Daddy's ready, too. Ah, uh, you know, you kids are getting to look more like your mommy every day. We are, Daddy. Yeah, but cheer up, honey. You may outgrow it. Oh, you know. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sing us a song, Mommy. Sing us a song. Please, Mommy. Now, calm down. In a minute, huh? Daddy, you know about my dolly, Hildegard? Well, she's a... She's... Yes, yes, I know, honey, I know. But don't worry about that tonight, because Daddy's going to tell you a wonderful story. The one I'm going to tell you is about Jack and the Beanstalk. Gee, that's a good one, Daddy. <laughs> you like the way Daddy tells his stories, don't you, Phyllis? No. I like the funny faces he makes. Now, wait a minute. Let's don't have any cracks, baby. Just listen. Hurry up, Daddy. Tell the story. All right. Well, let me see. Oh, yes. A long, long time ago, there was a little boy named Jack. And he lived with his mother in the middle of a beautiful forest. But although they lived in this beautiful woods and their cottage was all neat and clean, they were very, very poor. Were they awfully poor, Daddy? Honey, they were so poor they had nothing to eat but old pieces of bread. And poor little Jack had to hold his pants up with Hoover buttons. <laughs> Finally, things got so bad, well, there was just one thing to do. Jack's mother decided to sell the old family cow so they'd have money to buy food. But, Daddy, if they were that hungry, why didn't they eat the cow? Well, uh... Well, uh... Well, honey, they couldn't eat meat. They was veterinarians. <laughs> oh. Well, well, anyway, Jack put an old piece of rope around the cow's neck and took it off to the market. Now, he was gone for three whole days, and his poor old mother was half out of her mind. But at last, Jack came home, and his mother asked for the money, but Jack said... Well, I sold a cow, Mama, but instead of money, a nice old man gave me these three wonderful magic beans. So Jack's mother looked at him and said, Why, Jack, you dear sweet boy. And with that, she drove him six feet into the ground with a tuba fall. Phil, she did no such thing. Maybe not, maybe not, but that's what my old lady would have done. Phil, please. Daddy. Well, Mama, you stay out of this. Well, Jack's mother was very, very angry, and she threw the beans out the window, and once again they had to go to bed that night without any supper at all. But if they were so hungry, why didn't they eat the beans? Because that would have lost up the rest of my story. <laughs> now, listen. Anyway, early the next morning, Jack woke up, looked out in the backyard, and there was a beautiful beanstalk 90 stories high. So Jack started climbing up the beanstalk. He climbed and climbed and climbed some more. Honey, he went up that beanstalk faster than Gene Kelly with a hot foot. And when he got to the top, what do you suppose he saw? A great big giant in a great big castle. That's right. And the big giant had a magic chicken that laid golden eggs. So Jack hid in the corner until the giant went fast asleep. Then he tiptoed out and with hardly a sound, quick as a wink, grabbed the chicken and lit out for home. Jack went down the beanstalk fast as he could with that mean giant crowding him all the way. But Jack got down first, grabbed up a big old axe, and disconnected that vine with two quick blows. 
the giant felt Don was killed, and Jack and his mother lived happily ever after. No, 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 no. No, not exactly. You see, the kid was indicted on three counts of manslaughter. And uh, Jack and his mama had to hire a pretty smart lawyer to beat that rap. Phil. But, Daddy, what happened to the chicken that laid the golden egg? What are you asking? Look, the lawyer laid a bill on Jack for 28 grand, and the chicken wore itself out trying to meet the payments. Oh, Phil. (laughs) Phil. What's the matter? You know that's nothing like the real story. Well, that's the way you used to tell it in reform school. (laughs) Daddy, tell another story. Please tell another story. Some other time, babies. Now, you both both better get some sleep, huh? Daddy, about Hildegard, I... uh... Look, baby, look. I'm sorry, I got a confession to make. Your dolly's not really in the hospital. Daddy was only fibbing. You see, I... Yes, yes, honey, it was an accident. I backed over Hildegard with the car. I know, Mommy. You know? You know? Well, then why didn't you say something before? Well, I didn't mention it because I didn't want Mommy to feel bad. Oh. (laughs) That's Daddy's little girl who said that. (laughs) I love you, honey. What do you think about that, Mommy? Oh, that's awfully sweet of you, baby. But I thought Hildegard was your very, very favorite doll. Yes, but I will miss her much. She's gotten to be an awful problem child lately. That's right, sweetheart. (laughs) Not only that, Daddy's going to get you another dolly in the morning. So why don't you two little girls be real sweet now, and let's turn out the lights, huh? But But Mommy was going to sing for us. All right, when Daddy turns out the light, I'll sing. There you are. Good night, my love. The tired old moon is descending. Good night, my love. My moment with you now is ending. It was so heavenly. It will be heavenly to hold you again in my dream. The stars above have promised to meet us tomorrow. Till then, my love, How dreary the new day will seem So for the present, dear We'll have to part Good night, my love Sleep tight, my love
night, Mommy. Good night, Daddy. Good night. Good night, babies. Good night, you rascals. Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. Styles of dress change with the seasons. Right now, it's light prints and cottons for most women. However, the season for bright, attractive hair never changes. And the need for Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo never changes. For Fitch has been the favorite hair beauty treatment with millions of smart women for years. Fitch shampoo is a top-ranking favorite because it does so much for the hair. It leaves it with a gleaming, silky texture, lovely to touch and lovely to look at. Fitch makes swirls of rich, creamy lather that reconditions as it cleanses, puts new life and luster into tired hair strands, and leaves the scalp with a fresh, invigorating feeling. Then, since Fitch is entirely soluble in water, the lather rinses out completely, leaving the hair sparkling with natural highlights. See for yourself the shining new loveliness Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo can give your hair. Ask for an economical bottle of Fitch at your drug or toilet goods counter or have a professional application at your beauty shop. Well, now that the children are in bed... What would you like to do this evening? Well, I'd just soon sit here with you and kind of take it easy. Okay. Come on over here, beautiful. <laughs> Let's get cozy, huh? <laughs> All right. You mean like this? Sure. That's more like it. Now turn around here a minute. Oh... That great big sigh, Phil. Oh, nothing. I was just wondering how Speedy's making out in Bakersfield. next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch bandwagon with Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Until then... Good night. Good night, everybody. See you next Sunday. Original music for this broadcast was composed and conducted by Walter Scharf. Alice Faye appeared through courtesy of 20th Century Fox. Have a while, let a song be your style. Use Fitch Shampoo. After and between Fitch shampoos, you can keep your hair shining and manageable by using a few drops of Fitch's Ideal Hair Tonic every day. Fitch's Ideal Hair Tonic is not sticky or greasy, yet it gives your hair that well-groomed look. This is Charles Lyon. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.
W. Fitch Company, makers of those fine Fitch products, present the new Fitch bandwagon, starring Alice Bay. You never know just how much I love you. You never know just how much I care. And Phil Harris. Won't you come with me to Alabama? Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and broiling hammy. That's sugar cured hammy. That's golden rivet hammy. And that's what I like about the sound. It's late morning out at the Harris residence. Alice has been up for some time, but the uh, master of the house is just now coming downstairs to join his wife. Oh, baby, you really look luscious this morning. Look at that peaches and cream complexion. And those big brown eyes and that blonde, wavy hair. Oh, you really got it, kid. Phil, will you stop looking at yourself in that mirror? <laughs> Can I help it if I'm adorable? <laughs> hey, where are the kids? They're playing outside on the swing. I want to speak to you about them, Phil. Yeah? What's up? Well, baby Alice will be starting school next year, and so will Phyllis before long. Yeah, they are growing up. I was thinking, it might be a good idea to get them a tutor. No, honey, they're too little. They're liable to fall off that thing and get hurt. <laughs> No, Phil, I mean someone to come in a couple of days a week and get them started on their ABCs. Oh, I don't know, honey. When I was a kid, I didn't have no fancy teachers coming to my house. <laughs> oh, you didn't have no fancy teachers coming to your house. Well, just where did you acquire your vast education? What are you asking? I got it off my old man. From the time I was five years old, he took me every place he went. Oh. I suppose he wanted you to see things for yourself, huh? No, he just didn't like to get loaded alone. <laughs> not true. It is true. My first words were, draw two. <laughs> yes, and you haven't forgotten them either. But Phil, this is serious. Emily Williams gave me the name of an excellent tutor. He's done wonders for her, boy. What do you mean? Her kid's 19 and he's still drooling. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I'm going to have a talk to this man. Well, I don't think too much of the idea. You don't want your children to grow up to be ignorant, do you? Look, what was good enough for their father is good enough for them. <laughs> That's just it. All right, all right. I'll leave it up to you. Look, I got to get out the studio. We got a band rehearsal this morning. You won't be long, will you? No, no. I'll be right back after lunch. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Come to think of it, I might be back before lunch. <laughs> haven't had any breakfast yet. Oh, that's all right, Sissy. I'll grab something down. No, 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 no. You sit right down here and drink a cup of coffee. I've been keeping it warm for you. Well, bless you, Sissy. Ah, <laughs> uh, you beautiful creature. You. Oh, Mr. Harris. You know I'm not beautiful. What do you mean? I bet if I'd have met you ten years ago, they'd have had to tie me down. <laughs> that's all right, Mr. Harris. Ten years ago, I'd have cut the rope. <laughs> 
tackled you. You're sharp as a biscuit this morning. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, uh, what's that uh, perfume you got on? Oh, I'm Mr. Harris. I don't use perfume. Well, something smells awfully good. <laughs> well, I did put a little vanilla extract behind my ear. <laughs> well, you keep it up, honey. After all, Alice got me with a dab of bourbon. <laughs> Well, I try. Look, Sissy, thanks for the coffee. Uh, i got to go down to rehearsal now. Oh, Mr. Harris, I wonder if sometime on the radio your band would play a number for me. Certainly. Be glad to, honey. What is it? Flow gently with action. <laughs> hey, Sissy, Harris playing that one would be like Senator Bill both singing Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> them rates and forms and start the pitch because here comes your Dixieland just a tobe. <laughs> hey, let's make this one fast, Bill. I gotta get out of here. What's wrong with you, Artie? I'm gonna take my mother-in-law to Anaheim. What, again? I thought you just took her there last week. I know. She keeps coming back. <laughs> all right, all right. Throw a stock over her head the next time. Get rid of her. Now, let's get going. Hey, wait a minute. Where's Frankie, my guitar player? I'm over here, Curly, getting a cigarette out of my coat pocket. <laughs> oh, that stuff is so hard to get. Frankie, get up. You'll get glass in your tongue. <laughs> It up. I was just kissing it goodbye. <laughs> Never mind. Now, let's get this rehearsal over with. Well, Bill, you didn't pick a number yet. Okay, well, hand over that file. Let's see what we got. Okay. Five minutes more. Swamp fire. Jelly roll blues. Flow gently sweet. How did that get in there? <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Blue skies. Hey, fellas, let's give this one the once over. You got it? Okay, now take it from me. One, two. <laughs> Come on, who's the wise guy in the outfit? What's the matter, Bill? What's the matter? One of you bumps is playing the melody. <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? You sound like something that fell off of the Manhattan merry-go-round. I can't get a... Come on, fellas. Let's try this number four here. And last time, let's take the lid off of it. Bill, I gotta take my mother one in. I shut up. One, two. Down in Texas, look me up, look me up. If you've ever down in Texas, look me up. Where the men are men and love it, and the gals are still glad of it. So if you've ever down in Texas, look me up. Everybody's gonna holler, howdy do, howdy do. Everybody there will say, howdy do, howdy do. Where the men are men and love it, and the girls are still glad of it. If you've ever down in Texas, look me up. 
Ask anyone for Rusty, everybody knows of me. They'll tell you where I'm riding at far easy to see. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Now we've got everything in Texas looking up. Looking up with the moonlight on the prairie and the gal that ain't the prairie. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Anyone for Phil Z, they'll tell you where I'm at. They'll say that I'm in Galveston with a box sack coat and a Stetson hat. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up, look me up. We've got everything in Texas looking up, looking up. Am I right or am I real? A man that takes the killer dealer. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Don't go ride and take some cactus, or you'll wind up on the cactus. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Where's the gals are good at figures, and the cowboys quick on figures. If you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Where every gal's a raven beauty. If tie, 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 What I'm trying to tell you is I can't wait to get back down there so I can hear uh, sounds like this. That, uh, uh, so glad you come by. Don't y'all forget to come back now, you hear? Bye now. Bye. I'm gonna build a dopey palace for my Alice down in Dallas. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Every woman wants her hair to be a shining example of well-groomed beauty and feminine charm. And every woman can have shining, radiantly clean, soft hair by using Fit Dandruff Remover Shampoo. For Fit Shampoo reconditions as it cleanses, making your hair soft and silky, shining with the glowing light of a firefly, and surprisingly easy to manage. Fitch's reconditioning action not only helps your hair wave more easily, but helps it keep the wave longer. And remember, Fit Shampoo is good for all colors and textures of hair. Countless discriminating women find Fit Shampoo a real aid to hair beauty, and yet it's so convenient to use. One reason is because it lathers and rinses out equally well in hard or soft water. And since it's completely soluble, only an ordinary water rinse is needed. Fit Shampoo is economical, it's efficient. It's a shining example. A shampoo to give your hair well-groomed beauty and feminine charm. For beautiful hair, use Fit Dandruff Remover Shampoo regularly each week. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H. Mademoiselle? <laughs> Not at 
Wait a minute, Alice. Us with an English tutor, they'll come and get us. They'll stone us. This will ruin me. They'll, the white boat man will be there. It's going to ruin my social standing. Your social standing? Certainly, it's liable to ruin my reputation as a crumb. <laughs> well, I don't care. You'll be very good with the children. And look, Phil, when you come home, when you come home, please do me a favor. Try to be a little careful. What do you mean? I mean your manners and your grammar. After all, this new tutor seems so nice, and I wouldn't like to lose him the first day. Now, wait a minute. What's wrong with Harris? I'll tell you what's wrong with Harris. Limit your call to five minutes, please. You get off of here. Look, I don't want to criticize you, but please be on your best behavior when you come home. Listen, honey, you don't need to worry about me. I'll ride in there on an English setter. Phil. Goodbye. I'll see you later. that on the phone, Mommy? Isn't it Daddy, honey? I was telling him about Mr. Merton, your tutor. Oh, he's a nice man, Mommy. Well, I'm awfully happy your children like him. Why? Is he going to get Daddy's place? Oh, no. No, no. He's just going to give you a few lessons so you and Alice will be all ready for school when the time comes. But why do we need a tutor? Daddy could teach us about everything. Oh, because? Yeah. <laughs> Our Daddy is the smartest the clever and the most beautiful man in the whole world. Why, Phyllis? Phyllis, where did you hear that? Baby Alice read it to me where Daddy wrote it on the wall. <laughs> oh, and I thought she scrubbed them all off. Union, that was swell. That's all for today. I'll see you guys Sunday. Hey, Phil. Hey, hey, Charlie. What is it, Frankie? Come over here. What do you want? Come over. Got a couple of pictures I want to show you. Oh, Frankie. <laughs> Put them away. You're a big boy now. <laughs> no, no. They're just a couple of snapshots of a little cutie I met in Santa Monica. How do you like this one? We're taken down at the beach. Yeah? How long had she been in the water? <laughs> She's a cute kid. Why, she never goes anywhere without her mother. Yeah. Of course, her mother will go anywhere. Stop that, Frank. How could you? Stop it. You've got to stop hanging around that Jack Kirkwood rehearsal. (laughs) Well, I liked it. Hey, we're having a little party tonight up at Harry's place. Why'd you drop over? Party? You gonna be sag? Sure, there'll be plenty of dames. Frank, I've been all over that with you. I've been all through it, Frankie. I can't make it. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Alice won't let you out. Well, it ain't that at all. I want to stay home. <laughs> you feel all right? Yeah, I feel all right. I still want to stay home. What do you mean? What do I mean? Look, Frankie, when a guy's got butter in the icebox, he don't go out looking for Olio. Well, you sure have changed, Curly. 
You ain't the common yard dog Harris I used to know. <laughs> hey, you remember that time we took the band to Australia? Yeah, yeah. We ran into a couple of chicks the first night out, huh? That's right. That's hey, wait right. a minute, wait a minute. Wait. Yeah, it's okay. She's not around. Go ahead. <laughs> we took the Dame Sansom? Yeah. And those Australian girls really had the joint jumping. They sure did. I didn't find out until two days later that mine was a kangaroo. <laughs> And I was doing what they call an evermore pitch with a backswing glide. I was <laughs> hey, listen, let me ask you something. Frankie, uh, weren't those people in Australia Englishmen? I don't know. They were some kind of foreigners. <laughs> Why? Well, Alice has a new English tutor for the kids, and she don't think I'm sharp enough for the guy. What do you mean? Meet him on his own ground. Talk his language. You know... Oh, blimey, Governor, it's a bit sick out tonight, ain't it, old biscuit head? Hey, Frankie, do them Englishmen really talk like that? Sure they do. Well, no wonder them Russians don't understand them. Come in. Oh, Mr. Merton, I didn't know you went out. Uh, yes, sir. I have to run down to my place for some books. Are the children about? Yes, I think they're right in the front room. They've been asking Mrs. Harris to sing them a song. Oh, thank you very much. I'll go in. Stay there if you are a vexed one, a dreary, weary, and perplexed one. I've got troubles and he's got troubles, and you're no better than the next one. You will find your share of bliss if you die. Remember this: you can't have everything. Be satisfied with the little you may get. You can't have. That they get Live and laugh and listen Don't be greedy Help the needy And you gotta get lucky Yes, indeedy Men, rich men Beg her off You just can't have everything So thank your stars above For a song in your heart A penny in your pocket And someone in your arms to Well, thank you. They're such attractive little types and so articulate. 
Of course, I feel a bit of an outsider in their conversation. For instance, who is this person they continually refer to as Hotshot? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm afraid that, that's the nickname they have for their father. Well, by the way, Mrs. Harris, just what does your husband do? Do? Yes. What is his means of employment? Well, uh, he's a, a musician. He's with Benny. Benny? Benny who? Jack Benny, you know, on the radio. Oh, yes, yes. Forgive my ignorance. You see, I seldom listen to the wireless. Well, you see, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Harris has the office. Hey, Alice, Alice. I'm home. Oh, Alice. Oh, honey, we're, we're in here in the living room. Come on in. Oh, all right. Mr. Merton, Mr. Merton, this is my husband. Oh, how do you do, sir? Well, God bless you, Governor. This is a trick out tonight, ain't it, girl? What say we pop down to Keithside for a bit of off and off, girl? I beg your pardon? Oh, Phil Harris, this is a fine way for you to come home. Don't stand there, Alice. Throw a spot of tea on the governor. <laughs> hey, we got no posters, bonds, or trumpets or anything. I say, governor. I say, oh, sir, I do believe you're pulling my leg. Oh, no, no, Biscuit Ed, I was two feet from you. <laughs> yes, uh, well, uh, if you'll excuse me, Mrs. Harris, uh, I believe I'll rejoin the children. I don't blame you, Mr. Murphy. So long, Governor. Don't take no wooden tuppences. Phil uh... <laughs> Harris, just what was the purpose of that? What did I do? I didn't say nothing. Oh, no? Oh, you biscuit, Ed. We're off to keep going for a bit of off and off. Don't take no wooden tuppence. No wooden tuppence. That's a 10th Avenue Englishman if I ever... <laughs> well, I'm trying to take it. <laughs> Double tips, don't what? I'm doing all right. Look, I really laid it on him, didn't I? What are you peeping about? You told me to be refined, didn't you? You did this on purpose, you big clown. Just because the tutor was my suggestion. But look, honey, it don't make sense, us with an English tutor. And why not? Well, let's face it, kid. You'd still be working at your old job if you hadn't slammed your elevator door on Zanuck's foot. <laughs> Bill Harris, you know I was never an elevator operator. All right, all right. So you dropped one of your fans in his soup. I don't know. <laughs> Stop being so funny. I only want our children to have the best education we can give them. Besides, it will mean a lot to you. To me? Yes. It'll be kind of nice to have someone to read to you in your old age. <laughs> be kind of nice right now. All right, honey. Maybe the guy's okay for the kids. I don't know. Well, after your performance just now, we'll probably never see him again. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I... I think you owe Mr. Merton an apology. All right, but gee, the fellas are an English. Well, what about it? What about it? Frankie just told me them guys came over here and burned down the White House. <laughs> well, that was in 1812. Well, then why don't they go home? Is the joint still smoking? That's fine. <laughs> Never mind that. I want you to speak to Mr. Murphy. All right. I'll talk to the governor. I'll talk to him. Excuse me, Mr. Harris. Ah, Luigi. How's the garden coming along? Oh, fine, maestro. Maestro, would Mrs. Harris like some flowers in the house for the company? Company? 
Oh, no, that's the governor. Huh? Oh, no, that's a tutor. Mrs. Harris has, uh, has him for the children. Oh, yes. You know, my sir, it's a good thing to bring out the talents of the young. <laughs> I'm never going to forget when Luigi was a little boy. <laughs> I want to be the greatest painter the world has ever known. Hey, I never know, uh, knew you want to be an artist. Oh, yes. I was determined to emulate Michelangelo and Botticelli. <laughs> oh, by the way, maestro... Do you like your bossy chain? Yeah. Yeah, it ain't bad if you cut it with a little vermouth. <laughs> well, finally, I went to Paris to study art. I rented a charming little studio on the left bank. Oh, my astro, Paris was beautiful. I would sit by the hour in little sidewalk cafes, sipping the wine from the provinces. And then at night, all the beautiful models would flock to my studio, and we would talk of life and love. But, Luigi, didn't you do any painting? Maestro, I asked you with a setup like that, were you? <laughs> Keep rolling. Don't let me stop you. But, to Maestro, I cast aside these little pastimes, and I threw myself into my work. For two months, I painted like a fury. I painted like a fiend. I painted like a madman. But nobody would buy my work. Why not? Maestro, they wanted someone who painted like a painter. You can't please everybody, Luigi. <laughs> Dandruff, leaving your scalp tingling with cleanliness, eager to please with its new beauty. 
Buy a bottle of Vic Shampoo at your drug or toilet goods counter or have a professional application at your beauty or barber shop. Vic Shampoo will help you make your first impressions on others pleasing and lasting. Good night, baby. Yeah, you two better get some sleep now. You had a big day with your new tutor and everything. Daddy, why aren't you smart like Mr. Merchant? Look, honey, ain't it enough that I'm pretty? <laughs> right, babies, after all. You can't have everything. Be satisfied with the little you may get. I used to be the apple of your eye I had you with me every day But now whenever you are passing by You're always looking the other way It's little things like this that prompt me To say You turn the tables on me tables on me I can't believe that it's true I always thought when you brought the lovely presents you bought why hadn't you brought me more but now if you come I'd welcome anything from the five and ten cent store you used to call me the top Let me fall with a drop And now I'm out on my own But after thinking it over and over I got what was coming to me Just like the sting of a bee You turn the tables on me tables on me and now I'm falling for you 
tables on me. I can't believe that it's true. I always thought when you brought the lovely present you bought, why hadn't you brought me more? But now if you come, I'd welcome anything from the fire and ten cents. Oh, you used to call me the top.
Well, guys, that does it for the uh, episode tonight. Please join me tomorrow night as I bring to the show Miss Joan Crawford and Miss Betty Davis in The Feud. I hope you guys have enjoyed my podcast so far. I want to once again thank everybody who has listened and subscribed to my podcast. And please welcome to the show this coming Friday, Miss Murray Wilson and Kathy Lewis in the CBS comedy show, My Friend Irma. And then stay tuned for next week's episode as I bring to the show Mr. John Lynn. In two episodes, guaranteed you chill our spines, and I bring back to the show Mr. Robert Young in the NBC comedy show Father Knows Best. And also, guys, we will keep you. I will keep you guys informed on updates to my episode as time goes on. But as we celebrate our year. On the 12th of this month, we bring back to the show on that day our very first episode, Mr. Orson Welles. So stay tuned for that episode. And we also will welcome many new stars to the show, such as Judy Garland, Mr. Joseph Cotton, and many others. I hope you guys will stay tuned for those updates and those episodes. And have a great night, guys. Thanks.